to members and friends alike who have made a financial pledge in the past to this congregation. And thanks to those who will make a pledge in the coming year. Thanks to those who will increase their pledge to help us meet the match challenge that Jim has given us and shared with us. Your financial contribution matters. Your generosity matters to the full flowering of this congregation and to the full flowering of our values of love and justice seeking in our world. Your generosity also matters to the full flowering of your own soul. Maya Angelou says, I have found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. So thank you for doing the soul liberating work of giving. Thank you for your spiritual practice of generosity. Often our conversations here about giving focus on how much our contributions can benefit others. We tend to emphasize the ways that giving can benefit our congregation's work here and in the broader world. And that is certainly a significant dimension of giving and of helping move our world toward full flowering. Giving is truly transformative. Giving to the church helps to build the diverse, multicultural, beloved community that we are striving to create. And giving also has the power to transform the giver. Part of transforming the world is transforming oneself. The two are beautifully and profoundly interwoven. This transformation of self is a significant dimension of giving. And so today, I want to talk about giving's power to move the giver toward full flowering. There's a story about a generous man. This is a story from the Islamic tradition. And in this story, the man faces a decision about giving. Now, he already had a reputation as being a generous person. He was known far and wide as a person of faith. And one day, he was sitting with his friends having a freshly brewed cup of coffee in the village square, and he's approached by a woman. And she asks for money to help feed her child. Without hesitating, he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out coins, and he pulls out coin after coin after coin, and he piles them into the woman's hands. And he piles them up until they're overflowing and they spill onto the ground. And the woman begins to weep. She's so overwhelmed by this generosity. She bows to him to express her gratitude. And she says, may Allah bless you. You have saved my child's life. And she gathers up the coins into a small sackcloth that she has. And she turns to him once again and she offers her heartfelt thanks before she leaves. And after she has moved beyond view, the man's friends begin to question him. And they want to know a whole bunch of things. They want to know, why did you give her so much money? 
That was foolish, they said. Don't you think she'll tell all her friends? A line of beggars will be at your door tomorrow morning. Just yesterday, you gave Isakit your charity, so you weren't obliged to give her any money. Why did you do it? And the gener generous man listens. He listens to these many questions and reservations and challenges. He hears their objections and their indignation. He lets them probe and question until, at last, they grow quiet. And then he says, this woman might have been pleased with just a little money from me, but I could not have been satisfied. And he looks at each of his friends as he speaks, and then he continues, and he says, I knew that unless I gave her what I was able to, I would not be happy. <clears throat> it turns out that generosity makes us happy. It makes a real difference in quality of life for the giver as well as the receiver. Faithful giving, the kind of giving that is connected with our core values and commitments, fosters physical health, happiness, and a sense of purposeful living. Christian Smith, who is a professor of sociology at the University of Notre Dame and director of the Global Religion Re Research Initiative, has studied and written about the science of generosity. I always look for the science of everything because I think we like a little, um, our humanist uh, selves like a, a little uh, supportive material for our uh, emotional side, our passion side. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you can do that anytime you want. <laughs> Smith has found this, that generosity is a basic orientation to life. He says it entails not only a moral good expressed, but also certain vices rejected, such as selfishness, greed, fear, and meanness. To ungenerous people, he says, the idea of giving good things away can feel like a threatening loss to be feared and avoided, which is partly why they do not give. Practicing generosity is necessary for human thriving. He concludes there is no such thing as an authentically thriving stingy person. <laughs> well, unfortunately, our nation has a generosity problem. It's worse than I knew. A Science of Generosity survey conducted by Christian Smith and others reveals that a majority of Americans are ungenerous. They are financially ungenerous. This lack of generosity carries over into volunteerism as well, but today I want to focus specifically on money. The study reveals, I'm going to give you a few facts, only 3% of American adults, 3%, give away 10% or more of their income. Only 3% give away 10% or more of their income. Now, giving 10% of your 
one's income, that may seem like a high bar. A little high bar for a lot of us, maybe. So let's lower the bar a little, okay? Let's see how that goes. So um, what about we give away, look at what it's like to give away 2% or more of income? What about that as a measurement? Smith's survey shows that 15% of American adults give away 2% or more of their income. Only 15%. Are you finding this surprising and shocking? Because I am. That's one in seven Americans who give away 2% or more of their income. Only one in seven. Three in seven people, I find this the hardest of all to believe, three in seven people do not even give away a single dollar. How can that be? Well, there are a number of reasons why people don't give and don't give more. These include not believing that generosity is essential or necessary. They may not see giving as a moral imperative. Another reason is thinking they don't have enough money to be able to give. Some people don't give because they believe that those who are poor or in need should help themselves. There can also be a real or perceived insecurity about money. But perhaps the most prevalent reason for a lack of giving is fear. There is fear of not having enough. Now, despite all these reasons not to give, reasons that may play a part in our own process in thinking about giving, despite all these reasons, the actual experience of being generous and the studies of generosity demonstrate that giving is an antidote to the fear, insecurity, and sense of scarcity around money. According to Christian Smith's study of the science of generosity, there is a strong and highly consistent association between giving away money and various measures of personal well-being like happiness, health, a sense of purpose in life, and personal growth. Generosity has the capability of reducing the maladaptive self-absorption that many ungenerous Americans experience. By giving away some of our resources for the well-being of others, we can enhance our own, he says. By clinging to what we have, we shortchange ourselves. <clears throat> So the generous man in the story this morning knew some ancient wisdom. He also knew himself. He looked into his own heart to see what would enable him to fully flower. And what enabled him to fully flower was also making it possible for others to flourish. Not only did he benefit himself, he helped the woman and her child. He also did something else, right? He inspired and modeled for his friends what it is to be a faithful giver, what it is 
to practice generosity. <clears throat> and this is what we do as members and friends of this religious community. This is what we do as Unitarian Universalists. And this, this helps to set us apart from the generosity problem that is afflicting so many people in our nation. We look into our own hearts and give, transforming ourselves and, yes, also transforming the world. We ask our members and friends to strive to give in a way that will be aligned with their values and to make a pledge for the coming year to make a pledge as part of the spiritual practice of generosity, as part of our commitment to being human. Like the man in the story, I have discovered that financial giving has a profound impact on me. I find it rewarding to give to causes, organizations, and initiatives that reflect my core values, especially the Unitarian Universalist Church. I give to this congregation because my giving contributes to my well-being and to my sense of purpose, because collectively, together, we can do more than any of us could ever do on our own. Giving to the church liberates my soul, and it also liberates others but I didn't always know this. When I first became a member of a Unitarian Universalist church, before this one, I had never joined a church as an adult. My family had regularly participated in church community when I was growing up, and I put money into the offering plate. I made that kind of commitment, but I never made a pledge, a long-term commitment to the health of the community. I didn't really understand why it mattered so much to the church, and also why it should even matter to me. And I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you that the pledge chair in that congregation, Jim Bidlard's equivalent, had to contact me more than once before I finally made a pledge. Even though I loved the church. The church had changed my life. I had found a spiritual community where I could explore feminist theology, environmentalism, and LGBTQ rights. I loved worship, and I loved entering into that sacred space on Sunday mornings when the community came together to sing, to learn, to laugh, to lament, to celebrate. I loved the mindfulness meditation group and the women's group at that congregation. I loved serving on committees. I loved serving on committees. I'm one of those geeks. I love it. I loved serving on the pastoral team. I chaired a committee that was exploring institutional change. I loved the spiritual depth, even in times when the church struggled 
That was a church that was struggling when I first joined it. I loved that I had found a spiritual community where I finally felt I belonged. But it wasn't until I made that financial pledge and began to regularly contribute that I learned about the soul-liberating aspects of giving to my religious community. I started to feel empowered by my giving. I already felt, as I told you, that deep belonging, but then I began to feel a deeper sense of purposefulness in my relationship to the church. I realized that I was working with others and contributing financially in order to build a church and a faith that changes lives. I know it changes lives. How do I know that it changes lives? Well, I know because it changed mine, and I know because I have witnessed and listened to stories of how it has changed the lives of others. I learned that I was capable of being more generous. I learned that I was capable of more than I had imagined, and I felt gratitude for the opportunity to give. I saw that I was and I am part of something greater than myself, part of a collective like-hearted people. My contribution for the coming church year, which will begin July 1, will be 5% of my income. That's an increase of $420 for the coming church year. Now, sometimes members and friends are curious to learn that I make a financial contribution to the church, and they find it curious because the church, of course, pays my salary. But I want you to know that I want to give to the church. It matters to me to give to the church. And if someone told me I couldn't give here financially, I would make my financial contribution to Unitarian Universalism elsewhere. I want to give to this church. I love contributing financially and otherwise to what we do. It is essential to me. It makes me happy. It liberates my soul. And I believe that our collective giving as a community, that our collective generosity liberates us all. It opens us toward a fuller flowering. Today, as we kick off our pledge drive, I want to encourage you to daydream a little. Because I believe that, like me, you want to give financially to this community. I encourage you to daydream a little about your giving to the church. How has giving liberated you? How has it liberated your soul? How does it help you have a sense of purpose and a sense of well-being? How does it transform you, and how is it transforming our world? I thank you for dreaming on these questions. I thank you for your generosity in the past, 
your generosity today and the generosity you will offer in the future. May it be so. Amen. And blessed be. Thank you for joining us this week. If you'd like a copy of the transcript of this sermon, you can find most week's messages at www.uuburks.org sermons. If you have any thoughts or conversation about today's message, we hope you'll take a moment to stop by our Facebook page and share them. And from all of us at First UU Berks, may this chalice light your path and guide your way until you join us again. Mm-hmm.